0: Hello everyone, thanks for tuning in. I'm Elise Mullen, host of this week's episode of Bookmarked and Dog eared a podcast about writing and creativity. Today we're sitting down with third-year dramatic writing student Ben Elhav. Ben's poetry has appeared in the Toronto Public Library's Art and Literature Review, Young Voices. He was also recently featured in Districts Magazine, Square 95, with his piece, Crosswords. I hope you enjoy. Your writing comes from so many different mediums, screenwriting, poetry, journalism. Is there any one writer who you look up to or are you inspired by a variety of people?
1: I try not to take inspiration, I actually think, because um, I'm already subconsciously stealing as it is, like all artists. Uh, so I think it's probably best if I don't actively emulate anyone. That being said, I did write a column for District about how big of an influence Lemony Snicket has played on my work. Not in the actual content, but more in the, in the style and in the approach. Uh, I think my greatest influences in writing have always just informed my approach and the kind of things I want to write about and the tone more than they have the content or the thematic focus of what I write about.
0: Hmm. I think that's really important. I think it's hard. It can be hard when there's so many different influences to try to also create like original content. How would you describe your writing process? Do you have specific habits? Do you, what's, what does it look like?
1: I would say process, is crucially important to everything I do. Uh, I don't try to create a story. I don't look for imagery before I even have settled on a theme. I don't allow myself to write without a theme, without a question, without an idea, without an argument. Um, I view story as a message machine. Story is the vehicle for the theme to be advanced. Uh, It is a sandbox for the thematic questions of the story to play in, uh, to, to play within. That is what the world is for. That is what the characters are for. They are for, for me at least, they're for advancing ideas and for debating the merits of the best one. I, I just kind of build my stories into idea sandboxes and see which one wins out.
0: Do you think your writing process has changed over time? And if so, how?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I think coming to SCAD changed my approach to things. I went to a high school that was extremely thesis oriented. It was a very experimental contemporary art focused school. So we were not greenlit, so to speak from our, you know by our teachers without coming to them with a a substantial theme or question that we were exploring with the film. So it taught me to be strict about not just making stories about anything. Um, But since I've come to SCAD and especially the foundation year classes changed my approach um, because I found it was just, I mean, I was in this loop where you just had to make, 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 make things and you couldn't always justify everything you were making as much as I sought to. Um, but certain media are better for that than others. I think especially some of the kind of stream of consciousness and poetry kind of writing I've done in the past couple of years has really has really helped me get away from my kind of dogmatic adherence to process. As much as I love it, as much as I love writing with this process I outlined earlier in mind, I think exploring different media and different forms has taught me to be a little bit more open about how I approach a story or a piece of writing.
0: Can you talk a little bit about I guess your high school experience, do you think it was helpful to come from a place that was more strict? Did you feel like you could still take liberty if you wanted to, to explore different creative paths in it? Like I know I came from a high school who was very math and science oriented. I was definitely one of the few who wanted to pursue an art career, art degree. So I feel like that pushed me in some ways, but also restricted me.
1: Yeah. um, When I said strict, I meant strict in the sort of in the philosophy of the school, being that you wouldn't get away with just passing off a story without an idea or a theme or a question behind it. The teachers could tell if you were if you were BSing them and if you were advancing something you didn't care about. Yeah. Um, so that's what I meant by strict, but in terms of what was open to me to create, it was about 10 times more open, open, quote unquote, than, than I found the environment to be in SCAD. Because there was no commercial orientation at all, there was no interest in what sells or what drives numbers. Um, it was literally just speak your truth uh, for four years. Um, yeah. That was, you know, what what you heard again and again and again in one form or another. So coming to Scad was kind of an adjustment. Um, in some ways, this kind of four years of exploring what okay what do I as Ben have to say about the world what are the things I most care about in some ways that was really nice because I had a leg up on a lot of SCAD students who'd come to come to their respective majors with amazing technical skills but had never been asked seriously to think about what they believed in or what they wanted to say with their art whereas I've been thinking about that for four years Um, but on the other hand it's a bit of a downside because I have felt during my time at SCAD boxed in by different courses and different assignments because the focus is so aesthetic, the focus is so technical, the focus is so much on the end result and not so much on the process.
0: Mm. Can you talk a little bit about your uh, screenwriting, I guess, experience and how maybe that approach is similar or different to something like a journalism piece or another form of writing that you maybe explore?
1: I would say it's completely different from other forms of writing that I do. I'd say it's the one that adheres most to this sort of process I set up for you before, which is that I don't start looking at a story without a theme. I'm most strict about that when it comes to screenwriting. I think because screenwriting is a media in which I've been extremely vulnerable and and personal with what I'm doing. And I've always felt, you know, I don't feel the point in writing a screenplay if it isn't something I care about, if it isn't saying something I want to say. Um, Whereas when I write a piece of journalism, Uh, that's in service of a club for SCAD or an event that's happening at the school, Um, or even not as much, but even uh, even a political or current news piece. I have a different mission, and the mission is sort of to inform um, and give a nuanced kind of informational treatment of the subject matter. So there isn't as much room for argumentation. That being said, I've started to try to use my thesis focus in in some of the sort of opinion journalism I've been doing recently. I had a piece with SCAD that just came out, you know, in, in square 95, crossed words, which is like, it's opinion writing, it's sort of informative, it's journalistic in its tone and its style, but it's it keeps that same sort of thesis focus that I, I have with my screenplays. But yeah, you wouldn't see that in my poetry, you wouldn't see that in, um, I mean, in any other writing I do, because uh, I, I think, um, I don't know why, but I think with screenwriting, I I guess I feel more important when I'm getting words down in Courier font. I guess I feel like, you know, like I I absolutely need to uh, to get down the thoughts that matter most and adhere the most to that process.
0: Yeah. No, I'm always really fascinated with, I think creativity is such a good way to be able to be super vulnerable. I feel like in different writing, I'm able to open up a lot more than I would to talking to someone on the street. Can you maybe share a little bit more about your vulnerability in screenwriting and how that is, in maybe some ways, I find it to be more therapeutic and kind of a release to be able to express some stuff that I normally wouldn't. Can you share your experience with that?
1: Yeah, I absolutely agree that it's therapeutic. You know, I think there's this Andre Gide quote that I have sort of everywhere where I make work. It's like on my website, it's on my Instagram. It's like, I should probably frame it on my wall, (laughs) but to paraphrase, because I'm not going to get it exactly right. It basically says, everything that can be said has already been said, um, but since no one was listening, we must say it again. Mm -hmm. Um, So I sort of think, I guess I think vulnerability is essential because it gets you to look for those things that must be said Um, or those things that must be said again, that someone's already said, but you feel they're important enough that they must be said again. And I think when you're vulnerable, you can find, I I know SCAD is a school that's keen on sort of universal truths and universal stories, stories that will appeal to the largest market and to the largest audience, which is, you know, great to a certain extent. Um, But I think when you really dig down um, into the personal and the vulnerable that's when you find those things that must be said or that must be said again.
0: What do you think is, if there is, the biggest misconception about learning screenwriting or anything about screenwriting? Anything that surprised you?
1: Yeah, I have a huge one. I would say the biggest (laughs) misconception, and this won't be true for everyone, but I think the biggest misconception is that writers enjoy writing. Um, I absolutely hate writing as a process. as in the moment sitting at my computer writing, like the actual act of writing um, is torturous. Uh, I mean, I don't know about you, but like I, it's this constant sort of fear of, oh my God, this is going to be terrible. Why should I continue? This is a mountain that I don't even see, you know, the summit of, I don't see where this is going. And you're just battling that fear through every page, I would say, so it can be a torturous process but that doesn't mean that it's not meaningful. A lot of things in life are unpleasant, but when you're done with them, it's, it's really about how meaningful the experience was. You know, I wouldn't say, you know, I would say a trip to the dentist isn't pleasant in the moment, <laughs> but it's clearly meaningful and valuable to my life. Um, and I know it's odd to compare writing to that because you would think writers are just, you know, constantly hoping to, uh, to scribble down notes and thoughts and stories, but like, it really is to me just something essential something extremely meaningful but not always something very pleasurable I would say
0: is there anything that you do to kind of inspire yourself if you're ever feeling in like the oh man I really don't want to write today or something like that
1: for me the only thing that works are like those push factors like I love having deadlines in front of me I mean I absolutely hate them in the moment but they are like <laughs> so useful so useful um, yeah. and if there aren't deadlines I try myself like I try to find a contest that is looking for screenplays, and I'll sort of orient whatever I'm writing around that contest and sort of say, okay, that's going to serve as my deadline because I don't have a more concrete one right now.
0: That's very disciplined of you. <laughs> Can you talk a little bit about Black Box and kind of share what that is? Talk a little bit about the projects that you guys are working on and producing?
1: Yeah, I'm, I'm so glad you asked about that. I'm really excited about Black Box. Uh, Black Box is a democratic writer's room open to students of any major and any level of experience. Um, Unlike SCAD's other sort of writer workshop courses um, and and anything similar to that, Black Box uh, wants you to come in with less of a resume, with less experience, because we feel that developing um, the skill of writing in a team is extremely valuable and that the selective courses that allow you to do that at SCAD Um, With their low numbers and kind of high bar on who can get in are maybe not meeting that need. Um, I just want to give anyone who wants a shot at doing that, you know, a fair chance. Um, So what we do is we come up with a new project, a new concept for a TV show every quarter. Again, like everything I do, it's very thesis oriented. People come to our, our pitch meeting with just a couple of sentences, but as long as there's a strong argument, a strong question, a strong idea in it, that's what I push for. That's what I, I hope get, gets made. But everybody who's at the pitch meetings gets to vote. Um, like, like I said, very democratic. Everybody who stays on gets to vote for our showrunner for the next quarter as well. That's what we do at the end of every quarter. Uh, and you vote from your peers. So instead of me staying on as manager for life, I'm, I'm very happy to, uh, to sort of hand over the reins to someone else. Um, yeah, last quarter we, we did our first project, which was uh, abstract science. Um, And I think that was pretty big success. Uh, We had a staff of 10 people and we got uh, a couple dozen people to attend the um, dramatic reading. We pulled together a really great group of actors to perform for us. And I think they put on a pretty great show. And this quarter, I don't want to give away too many details, but we're super excited about it. Um, I will say that it's a period piece. uh, So we're going somewhere pretty different in time and space. Uh, our writers room has grown. We've got fourteen people this quarter, and I just hope it continues to grow. I, uh, I hope we get a lot of people to reading too.
0: So it's a collaborative process, and the projects that you work on. How has that been working through the pandemic? I'm assuming things went virtual for you guys. How did you find that collaborative experience virtually? Was it better? What did you guys have to figure out? Was it harder?
1: I always knew that this was going to be something that had to stand on its own virtually. Because I came up with this idea in November, Um, while the pandemic was in full swing, it still is. Um, So I was thinking, how can I make this the most successful it can be using virtual platforms? Um, And so I think we've done some pretty amazing stuff on that front. I know a lot of other teams use Slack and, and other sort of tools like that, but we have a very... A very, I would say, a very extensive and uh, well built Discord server, well maintained, uh, with plenty of channels for writers to conference and talk about story, character, world. We literally have channels for each of these different things. Wow. We have conference room channels for different writers' teams to meet because we've separated our staff into teams. Um, so there are individual conference rooms for them to talk. Um, we have a research channel. We have, I mean, it's just, I wanted to build sort of a virtual home. Um, for everyone to feel as though we were still together physically. I even named the rooms of the server, you know, as though we were in a physical building. So we have the boardroom (laughs) and the conference room. I really want to create that, create that feeling. So we have weekly meetings very frequently and we do a lot of work in that server. So I think, I think even virtually there's a sense that we're all um, in the same magical, magical space, you know?
0: (laughs) What have you learned from that whole experience about Writing and collaboration, any key takeaways?
1: Um, yeah, of course. I think anytime you work with different people, you learn so much. Um, I thought I was ready to lead this because I'd worked with a writing partner on a pilot uh, previously. Um, but working two minds, you know, is very different than trying to make sense of 10 different people's ideas about where a story should go and what a character should be. Um, I guess I learned that. Uh, As much as you may think it's going to be sort of uh, a freewheeling kind of happy kumbaya session in which everybody comes together and just like forms a collective mind, Um, you know, because this this was a democratic sort of club in its spirit, um, I sort of learned that there is a place for hierarchy as well. It just has to be sort of a just hierarchy, which all the members, you know, consent to and are interested in. So we have a senior staff and they proved instrumental in writing the third draft after all of us sort of, as a staff, all 10 of us kind of figured out the first draft together in the second draft. Um, Then we said, okay, we're running short on time and this needs to feel more streamlined. Let's hand it over to four senior staff and they're gonna just sort of polish this up for everybody. So sometimes making decisions in larger circles, it comes with benefits and sort of of trade-offs as well. Um, because you're you're sort of seeding the amount of work you can do because you need to make sure everybody's voice is heard. But at the same time, that's a wonderful benefit because you have such interesting brainstorming sessions and you get ideas that you never would have thought of in that small group of two or three people.
0: So you found success in so many different areas. Do you want to keep expanding that to tell your stories or do you think you found your niche?
1: Um, I still feel like I haven't done enough TV and feature writing. Um, I'm really excited right now because I just completed a treatment for my first feature screenplay. But I just I want to write for different length formats. I would say um, I feel like my screenwriting is kind of in the best place it can be right now. And now I just need to push it to to work to different genres and different lengths. I would say.
0: Yeah, sort of taking that. Where do you see yourself, or what do you see yourself doing after SCAD? Do you have any idea?
1: Yeah, I do. It's um, It's really exciting and strange, I guess, Mm -hmm. to talk about this. Um, I feel like for a SCAD student, it's weird to say it. But um, I'm going to law school after SCAD, actually.
0: Wow. That's exciting. uh,
1: Yeah, I went through a very difficult process of sort of disillusionment with film and TV as an industry. It says nothing about whether I love writing individually and whether I'm going to keep submitting my work to contests and competitions and galleries. Mm -hmm. Um, because I do photography too. So galleries um, and film festivals, uh, because I make shorts. um, Says nothing about that. I'm still going to do that. I still love that. Um, It was purely a career decision. It was just what kind of life do I want to lead over the next decade? And I could elaborate on that. But uh, that's just, um, at least in the near future, what I'm thinking about a lot right now.
0: I am curious if you did want to share and elaborate on that just a little bit, kind of your thought process there.
1: Yeah. Um, well, politics and law has always been sort of a second passion for me. Mm-hmm. Um, not even in order after film, just kind of coexisting with film. Um, everything I've written, everything I've made, it always has sort of a socio political direction to it or a question or angle to it. So it's really not that big stretch for me in terms of the mental space I'm operating in to go look at sort of exclusively kind of law and politics now. But in terms of a career focus, it was just sort of thinking about I had been living a very goal-oriented lifestyle for a very long time. Um, I had this idea that I would be satisfied when I got the title showrunner attached to my name or a staff writer or a director or whatever it is it sort of changed based on whichever one i thought was more attainable or you know whichever one i thought had a more definite process to getting to that place yeah. um but i found myself living the kind of lifestyle where i was sacrificing every single decision i was making and every single piece of writing i was doing to this goal that was five ten or twenty years down the line um i was thinking constantly who am I going to talk to today that is going to propel me somewhere I'm going to be in 10 years? What am I going to write today that is going to propel me somewhere I'm going to be in 10 years? And it was just, it was ceding any control I had over the present to a future that I didn't even feel very certain about. That was what felt kind of terrible about it. I want to shift that kind of goal-oriented life to one that I would say is more values-oriented, um, sort of living the next decade and sort of the near future in a place where I feel like, I am doing things that align more with my values—sort of intellectual curiosity, of asking difficult questions, of engaging with ideas, um, of debate, of persuasive argumentation—and uh, honestly, I think law school is going to be a really good space for me to do that. I don't even know yet if I'm going to be a lawyer, you know, a politician, if I'm going to go back to writing, if I'm going to be, you know, whatever I'm going to be. I don't know any of that yet because this time I'm not really doing anything in service of a title or an end goal. I'm kind of just going where my values sort of say I should go, what what makes sense for me. Um, and it's not just like in terms of my intellectual values, like sort of curiosity. And I mentioned like, um, you know, engaging with ideas or debate. It's also just sort of my my personal values in terms of um, wanting to live long-term with my girlfriend, uh, wanting to be closer to my friends and family in Canada, uh, wanting to live, to be honest with you, in a in a country where I feel a lot safer in terms of the government not just like being uh, you know completely on a whim deciding whether or not i get to stay and how i get to live and whether i'm going to have healthcare so yeah. Um, just yeah so in in every way i just feel like it's more it's a decision that's more oriented around my values than most of the decisions i've been making in a long time
0: wow that i think that's so i mean there's so especially in journalism writing and journalism reporting it's so interwebbed and You know, the whole pathway there and I think being able to have your creative background is just really interesting.
1: You know, one of the things I carried over my sort of uh, penchant for informational interviews with people in in film and TV. I carried that over to asking sort of uh, current law students and, and professors and judges, you know, what they like about what they liked about that experience. One of the things I heard most often was. You're gonna do well if you're somebody who likes to tell stories, and we need people who like to tell stories and are persuasive. And I was like, well, that's kind of all I do right now, you know?
0: Yeah, I really believe that. I my last question that I just like to ask is, what advice do you have for people? I mean, you have covered so many different avenues within this creative industry, and then even now going further into a law school uh, path, but Is there anything for writers, for screenwriters, for poets, for journalists?
1: Yeah, I do, I do have something I wanna say. I know I'm speaking primarily to an audience of SCAD students. So I think what I would say is market reception is great. You know, audience penetration is great, you know, Um, but those things are fleeting. Ultimately, I'd rather make work and I hope you would rather make work to whoever's listening back home, I guess. And I think it's better to be making work that's going to say the things that you need to say right now, that's going to deal with the issues and the questions that you want to deal with right now. And sure, make them universal. Reach out to as many people as you can with them, but make sure that work is important. Make sure it matters to you because that's all that matters. You know, you don't want to find yourself making Avengers 37. I mean, maybe you do. Maybe that's, maybe that aligns with the kind of ideas you, you care about, um, the kind of stories you want to tell. But I would say just use that wonderful tool that you have. And I'm gonna assume you're all great writers, whoever's listening to this. Just use that wonderful tool you have to get at the ideas and questions um, that you've been putting off because this is really the best way for you to do that, I would say. It's the best tool for you to learn more about yourself and to say the things you care about. So use it well.
0: Hello everyone, this is Elise again. I hope you enjoyed my conversation with Ben and hearing about his creative process. I wanted to thank you for listening to this week's episode. Check back again on Sunday, April 24th for our 10th episode. As always, our podcast is available on Spotify or at scaddistrict.com. Thanks again!